Welcome to the Economic Development Matters podcast. I'm Brianna Morris, and together with my co-host Sherry Baslama, we talk about matters related to economic development and why it matters. Sherry and I work together at Edmonton Global, where we focus on attracting investment into the Edmonton region and helping our local companies expand internationally. On this podcast, we discuss how we can compete globally and build a sustainable and prosperous economy to enhance the lives of the people in our communities. Our guest today is Anna Look, founder of Look Ahead Consulting. We will talk with her about business events and the role they play in economic development. Anna, thanks for being here. Thank you. It's lovely to join you both. Well, can you start by maybe telling us a little bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, for sure. So I am a Brit originally. I emigrated to Canada uh, about 18 years ago now, uh, made the, the huge move. But it wasn't a surprise to anyone in my family or my close friends because I am a bit of a travel and tourism addict. I have always loved this for my whole life. Um, and I went to study one of the first degrees that they did in travel and tourism in the UK. So kind of straight out of school, I was like, this is it. This is going to be my career. Um, and have built various different channels of, of tourism career behind me. Uh, and then, yeah, when it came to uh, having the opportunity to emigrate, I thought, why not? Um, and Canada just is a brilliant place to live, as you know. So it wasn't. Tell us surprise. about that. Tell us about that opportunity. So when you had that opportunity, why Edmonton? Why why Alberta? Well, I didn't come directly to Edmonton. I, I will preface that. Um, so my, my first move was over into BC uh, and I moved right into the Okanagan Valley and straight to work for a ski resort. So like many people, um, that lure of doing a ski season um, and it was a new part of tourism for me. I'd worked in tour operations. I'd worked in resort in more summer, kind of sunny, hot holiday destinations, which the Brits love. Um, so I'd been in Lanzarote. I'd been in Turkey. I'd been in places with very um, different cultures. And then I get this opportunity to come to BC and um, really be an, in a snow globe is the only way I can put it. I went straight to Silver Star Mountain, um, which is just up from Vernon. And it is beautiful. It I've has Guaranteed snow. Yeah. So yeah, anyone that yeah. skied it will can pretty much picture it. Uh, and I got this opportunity to work in um, in their call centre. And I had a, obviously a lot of different tourism background. And after doing that for um, a few months, because you kind of you slip back down your career ladder when you move, when you emigrate, because you used to almost start from ground right. zero. But I loved it because it gave me the opportunity to then move uh, into their sales team. And then I was so fortunate to be able to go to their destinations um, where their markets were, which was Australia, New Zealand, back home to the UK, and really sell that Canadian dream. Um, and it, yeah, it was wonderful. So yes, very thankful for that opportunity. Um, and then my move to Edmonton uh, came when I met my Canadian husband, who is an Edmontonian. Uh, he was working at Silver Star as well, but got the opportunity to come back and uh, be GM of Rabbit Hill Snow Resort. So we came here, um, his family's here, and yeah, never looked back. And it completely changed my tourism um, sort of career trajectory because at that time, when I came to Edmonton, big city, I didn't really know that there was a whole section of business event attraction where there's a team doing this work. And so for right. me, it was uh, working for a hotel, uh, Sutton Place downtown at that time, um, and starting to see what the tourism team did. 
Um, at that time, it was Edmonton Tourism and realizing that, oh, my goodness, these events to fill our convention centers and to bring in delegates don't just turn up. This is a, a huge cycle. Um, and so I got an introduction to the business events world and started to see the connection with economic development. And then I was hooked because it was something yeah, And you so actually, different. you ended up working for Tourism Edmonton or what is now, I guess, Explore Edmonton. Can you talk a bit more about your role there? Yeah, that's right. I did. So I've been. I was on the um, the business events team, so attracting business events for over eight years. Uh, six of those years, I led the team, and it was, as I say, a, a, an eye opening opportunity to be able to really understand the mechanism of how do business events work. And uh, I must admit, when we first, when I first joined the team, we were sort of a lot more reactive than we are now. It was sort of spray and pray. What are those opportunities? Do we have the infrastructure? Do we have the right hotel beds to fit these delegates? And, you know, shall we bid on this and be competitive? And then as we started to really narrow down or niche down, I guess is the best way of putting it, into what our economic sectors of strength are and mm. our subsectors, that's when the magic happened. Really determining what it is that totally makes Edmonton unique and then once you're in that marketplace, you almost blow the competition away with the expertise that you offer, um, with the amazing speakers that you have, the expertise in your in your um, city that can come to the table and just collaborate on that approach. Um, and as you'll know that both uh, Sherry and Brianna, we have some very unique strengths in Edmonton and we honed in on those uh, and continue to do so to this day. Fascinating. Can you share some of those um, competitive edges we do have or, or highlight maybe even one of your favorite events that you 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 did in Edmonton? Oh, well, there's, there's so many. But what we realized when we went through this process of um, identifying economic sectors, it was the subsectors within, within the sectors. So it's mm -hmm. a bit of a sort of a dig down into what's the deepest piece here. So we, um, we followed and worked very closely with Edmonton Global on really determining what those sectors were um, and then started to find champions or ambassadors within those sectors that can then help us to identify different opportunities. So, so for us within health and life science, you know, huge strengths in cardiovascular, in diabetes, in areas that are now using AI inside of healthcare and across all sectors, we're realizing AI is one of those that is able to work and um, weave itself across um, and is helping us to be unique. Um, and then, of course, at the moment, energy and the sustainable energy transition that our region is leading um, with the hydrogen piece was just wonderful. Uh, and I think probably um, both Christopher and Malcolm will uh, account to this, that we, we were looking for an existing hydrogen, ev hydrogen event that we could attract to the city. And we'd, we'd gone through a number of different iterations because a lot of association meetings when they're international, they'll rotate, but they won't come very regularly. So the opportunity is sort of every five years, sometimes even every 10. Right. So if you miss your window, you really do struggle. And so when we were then fortunate enough to work with an event producer to create from the ground up something that Edmonton can own and manage, it was it was just a gift. It was amazing. 
Yeah, uh, so and, and, and you're speaking about the hydrogen convention, the Canadian hydrogen convention, which is happening here again this year, um, April yep. 27 and 28, I believe are the dates. Um, and we actually managed, Anna, you'll probably remember this, to secure a date for that event to be hosted here for 10 years. So really exciting when you talk about the cycle that those events usually run on and that usually that's that's pretty yeah. rare to, to land something like that. And it just speaks it to the expertise here. It is. And it brings you the global spotlight that you really can't replicate in very many other ways. You find that when you've got an event that's taking place in the destination, you then have this massive swirl of collaboration that goes across those that want to contribute to the event, those that want to attend, um, exhibitors that want to be able to have an audience with your um, local region. It's a totally massive spin-off of all these different brilliant positive effects. Um, and then ultimately, we are hopefully going to be attracting new talent, new investment, foreign direct investment, um, even national investment. You're looking at this collaboration with knowledge exchange that can happen internationally. And it starts to raise the bar on Edmonton. Oh, Edmonton, Alberta. That's right. That's the hydrogen hub. We know Edmonton now, whereas, you know, previously you would have probably had to start with a bit of a geographical location of where we are. Um, and we now start to stand for our unique strengths, which is fabulous. So, yeah, very exciting. Very, very exciting and lovely to see it continue. Anna, can you also speak to, I guess, the benefits to the, the broader community when when you host these large events? So obviously there's value in terms of, you know, connecting investors um, you know, with with other businesses in the region. But what about like the hospitality industry kind of surrounding um, the facility? Can you can you speak yeah. to those impacts? Definitely. So we we term it sort of economic impact of an event, and there's um, very sophisticated ways of measuring at these days, which is very important for us. And of course, the immediate impact when we have delegates coming in is the the hotel spend, the the restaurant spend, the experiences that they get to do. They often now we're finding, particularly post pandemic, that delegates are starting to choose events where they'll do a pleasure. Um, approach where they will bring um, maybe family members, spouse in and do their work part and then have the leisure part, hence the the, the pleasure, the sort of the business ah, event with that's leisure. Clever. I hadn't heard uh, that one and it's before. brilliant because then it extends the impact and we're seeing longer stays, we're seeing more spend, um, we're seeing potentially delegates choosing maybe three events a year to go to instead of being on a, a plane and flying you know, 12 times a year. Um, so that really does extend. Um, and then within the spend that we see, we also get that indirect spend because we're getting money back on taxation. We have got employees that are maybe not directly in a hospitality industry, but also get benefit from, from different opportunities just from that economic impact that's occurring. So it's, it's massive. Um, and I, I think what we'll also see hopefully is this swell of potential new talent that maybe didn't know Edmonton was an opportunity because we all know how wonderful it is to live here, how affordable it is. And employment wise, there's so many options. So yeah, it just, uh, that door just keeps revolving, keeps giving. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty critical aspect of, um, I guess, economic development. It can make a, a big impact. Um, I'm wondering though about smaller communities, is this a strategy that just you know, big cities like Edmonton can use? Or is this a strategy you've seen used by smaller municipalities? 
No, it's um, it's it can go across all different sizes and it can scale with that. And uh, I'm enjoying this part of my my new career because I am looking to help some of the the smaller jurisdictions, municipalities with this approach. Um, and it really comes back to the same framework. If you can home in on what your strengths are, sort of what makes your DNA, the opportunities for events abound. It's almost like kind of getting to that sweet spot and all of a sudden everything starts to, to make sense. It's like when you buy a new car and you're always looking out and seeing, oh my goodness, that's the, the brand I want to I want to buy. It's the same with business events. As soon as you home in on where you think you've got a strength and opportunity, things start to turn up. Um, and then the collaboration also works because if you've got your stakeholders all in a, a destination aligned and thinking on the same approach, then you'll find that you're starting to get stakeholders come with ideas to you as, as the destination, which is wonderful uh, and, and brilliant and a very different turn of events to having to prospect all the time. So it goes hand in hand. Absolutely. So, um, yes, you mentioned your new business venture. So that's that's Look Ahead Consulting, right? Do you want to tell us a little more about why you chose to launch your own business? Yeah, for sure. Um, I loved Explore um, Edmonton and working in that team for so long, but I needed to make a change for a bit of a balance with my family, um, all the demands, and also the pandemic really led me to realize that I wanted to kind of get back to almost the coal face of the industry, have an opportunity to, to learn more again. Um, it's a very fast paced and I knew that change was going to be coming hugely quickly um, when we started to come out of this pandemic approach. And so um, I launched Look Ahead Consulting because it gave me this opportunity to, to work with new clients, to really keep my finger on the pulse of what's happening in the industry. I'm a huge, ferocious reader, so I love to be able to go through the um, emails that we get, the industry publications, and really get my teeth into it and like, okay, what does this mean? And even though my last name is Look, the, the process of looking ahead has always been where I sit. I, I like to think about what's coming next and how can we make the best of that opportunity. So, yeah, very um, adapt last name. I thought, why not? Let's put these two together and, and use this as a, as a business approach. And what what is coming next for business events, do you think, Anna? Well, um, as you all know, Sherry, we're working uh, as an industry in what we're calling now regenerative approach, so regenerative tourism and events. And it, it's really a case of looking at how can we make sure the place that we live and work in is left better than where we found it. So we are tackling a huge amount of potential issues with climate change and the stress that we have on our planet at the moment. But we also, if we do it right in a planning stage, have the opportunity to put legacy impacts in place um, and really be able to tackle some of our biggest issues um, socially, environmentally, economically, um, and do it together. But it really needs to be a conversation. It's not something that can just happen by chance. Um, and we need to be able to bring diversity of voices together together. Um, I love the fact that often when I'm in a room now with someone who's 20 years younger than me, that they are going to bring something to the table that I have never even thought of. And I, I'm loving that kind of opportunity. So um, there, there is a lot to do, but there is this new thought found approach that um, I'm really wanting to get behind. And it's uh, 
there's a lot to learn, but it's certainly keeping keeping us fresh um, and hopefully will be able to help us to tackle some of the problems that uh, our world, not just uh, North America, but the whole globe is facing. Yeah, what's interesting to me about the regenerative tourism is that you know, we've heard, I think most people have heard of sustainable tourism. So that idea of going even further and like you said, the legacy impacts that that can occur from events. Have you seen examples of places that are doing that really well? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. There's so many. Um, I and I hate to call them out, but the, for sure, the the one international um, city that has been sort of on the forefront of this is Copenhagen. They launched their legacy labs um, or program probably five years ago now and have really been leading the way. It was one of the first um, destination management organizations that brought stakeholders together into a room before they even started to, to bid on an event and looked at what this could be as an opportunity for their destination solving the problems and issues that they had Um, and really now they've shared that it's open space they've really documented everything they've done so there's a real opportunity for others to learn from it Uh, Glasgow is another great one they've um, often had a series where the events that they'll host um, then have small sort of breakout open to the public events in coffee shops, for example, across um, across Glasgow. So if they're doing something in health, the chances are you can go and have a free health check on whatever it is. So if it was, um, for example, a conference on lung health um Glaswegians can go uh, and have a health check while that event's on. And it kind of brings the conference information and knowledge outside of the walls of the convention center and brings your whole community in. So they're very, very good at that. Um, I also I look think at that's, Australia. that's really interesting. I, I hadn't heard those examples before. And I think like it, it plays a role then I think of getting the broader community excited about those kind of sector strengths mm-hmm. that are, that a place might have. Right. It does. Um, and it sort of highlights your uh, your own resonance on who you have. I mean, we have many, many very world famous, um, very intelligent knowledge uh, professionals across our city. And again, you know, how often do we as the general public get an opportunity to hear what they're working on, see what they're doing, uh, being able to to really support that work and understand it at, at um, sort of common level. And so I think, yeah, the opportunities are massive. You mentioned uh, COVID earlier. So what kind of impact has COVID had on events? Because I know for a couple of years I was attending virtual conferences and speakers. And then we kind of hit a point where there's almost like this fatigue, like we're tired of virtual and we're all excited to be in person again. But at the same time, there's there's some benefits as well with these virtual events. And, you know, you're not paying for a flight, but yet you still have access to, you know, an exciting speaker. So, yeah, I do want to speak a little bit to how how COVID has impacted your industry. Yeah, for sure. So we all went into that process of realizing that or even expecting that we would be able to get learning online at any point. Um, And we have our industry had to to get into that mode very, very quickly. What it's done, um, first of all, I think, is it's leveled the playing field with um, equity, diversity and inclusion. We're able to now see huge amounts of delegates that would attend an event online that wouldn't necessarily be able to go to it in person. And I think we'll still see that a lot now. Um, the term hybrid event is, is a bit of a tricky one because it can mean so many different scales. You know, we could have something being completely live streamed 24-7 at the same time as an in-person event 
or you can have sort of small snippets of um, agenda items being recorded and then available online after. But I think most associations now and corporates are realizing that that is a sort of a given, it's table stakes to be able to do that. What it does mean, though, um, is we're seeing tighter budgets in a lot of cases for corporates to allow their team members to go to events. So they may be only choosing maybe two or three a year now instead of going off on a quite regular basis. Um, it does mean, though, generally, as we'd mentioned earlier, that there might be a bit of a longer stay for, for those that do choose. Um, but we can get information online right now and we can make the most of that. And you know, some of the examples I've given to you, I feel our world is so much smaller now. I can tell I know what's happening across the globe from, from what I'm seeing online and being able to experience it, which is just amazing. So the learning is just increased in the speed. But it also means the volumes out there. So I mean you could be online 24-7 if you're a learning addict. So I have to have to restrain myself in that way. Um, but in, in answer to your question, I think we're going to keep evolving. We're going to keep needing to find ways to keep people engaged. Um, and also our attention span is so much shorter. You know, you'll rarely be able to sit still now for 45 minutes in anything, which means an agenda for an event needs to start to change things up. Um, and these sitting for a, in a convention center for an hour and a half is no longer a, a thing. We just we can't do it. We're on our phones and uh, and our uh, concentration has waned. 100 percent. Yeah, I see that definitely when I've been at events. Um, Anna, this conversation has been great. Is there anything that we haven't asked you that you'd like to talk about? I think um, we've covered some great topics and it's been very interesting to, to have this conversation. I would love to be able to see more events um, highlighting the different economic strengths that we have in our region. And obviously Edmonton's made up of a number of regions. So I would love to be able to see some of those unique strengths coming and rising to the top as well. Uh, and just really being able to start seeing the benefits of these events that we host. And it does take a long time. You don't always see them instantly. But I would love to see our talent numbers going up, our resident numbers going up, and just being able to really put Edmonton on the map. So when I next have an international conversation, I don't need to start with the geographical location of where we are. And we really start from our, our strengths point instead. Um, yeah. And yeah, that would be my dream. So hopefully yeah, and, that And beyond day. the hydrogen convention, I think there's been um, Amy has done an amazing job with their event Upper Bound now, which is bringing attention to those AI strengths that you talked about earlier. They bring a lot of like thousands of people into the region. To, yes. You know, and, and so that's been really exciting. And I know there have been conversations around expanding farm fairs so that we can highlight our food and agriculture sector. We're looking at health and life science events. So um, definitely something that I think... Uh, the team at Edmonton Global and I know Explore are, are both sort of uh, moving in the same direction. There's really great partnerships between our organizations in that way. Yeah, it is. I truly uh, agree with you. There's so many opportunities. And then, of course, now we're getting so much better airlift as well, which is a, a big part of the puzzle um, with EIA and such great announcements recently. So, yeah, it's all coming together. And we're just looking forward to now hopefully being able to stay on this trajectory for a while without too many uh, disruptions. <laughs> let's, let's hope. We've had enough disruptions yes. over the last couple of years, right? Very much so. Yeah, thanks for mentioning the airport. We had uh, Myron Keane on an earlier episode and, and he highlighted for us the importance of direct flights yeah. um, in terms of people's decisions. So um, that was interesting. And how can listeners get a hold of you? Does, does Look Ahead have a website? 
Yes, it does. Yep. So it's lookaheadconsulting.ca. Um, I'm also very active on LinkedIn. That's my favorite platform. Um, and just recently, over the last few weeks, I've also launched a YouTube channel where I'm doing a, a weekly update of just three minutes of what's happening in the industry. Often that's pulling on a number of global examples. Um, because, yeah, I'm just keeping my finger on the pulse. And uh, as I say, never a shortage of inspiration as to best practices from across the globe. So, People can also find me there. It's uh, Look Ahead with Anna. Awesome. Thank well, thanks you. again for being here. I've learned a lot. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's been great to chat with you. That's a wrap for today. Thank you for tuning in to the Economic Development Matters podcast brought to you by Edmonton Global. For more information about Edmonton Global or to get in touch, visit our website, edmontonglobal.ca. Follow us on social media, on Twitter, LinkedIn, or Facebook. And don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcast platform, so you'll be among the first to know when a new episode drops. Thanks for listening. We hope you learned something new about why economic development matters.